Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Read down through 42. Amen. You'll have to depend on your Bibles. Amen. The uh, we've got that thing off and being fixed, looked at, whatever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we depend on the Bible. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned. Everybody said return. And inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock, and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Key verse. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this service. I thank you, Lord, I know already that your spirit is in this house. But I'm asking you, Lord, you would bring our minds together for such a time as this. Lord God, when we need a move of God, when we need you this morning to speak to our hearts, we need an encouraging word, Lord, from heaven this morning. God, that you would bless and anoint our minds and bring them together, Lord. Speak, God, through these lips of clay, Lord. Oh, God, in my realization, God, that I need you this morning, God, to minister, Lord, through me today, God. Lord, if I'm the mouthpiece, Lord, then you must be the spoken word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We love you, oh, God. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. This morning, if I could, if somebody will just help me preach for a while this morning. How many will help me preach? Amen. I want you to help me this morning. I want to preach on this subject. I want to preach on the limits. The limits. Everybody said the limits. I want you to notice when you come near a city, you will usually always see a sign that reads city limits. Man, and the speed limit usually is decreased greatly within those limits. You're no longer on the open highway. You are now in the presence of stop signs and pedestrians where it's really more about the city and their people than about you. Amen? 
You are now not focusing on you getting down the road, but you are focusing on safety when you hit those city limits because somebody could come out from a side street and they could clip you or a pedestrian could run out in front of you and you may hit them. So I believe that the Lord is wanting to speak to us this morning about the limits. Everybody say the city limits slow me down. You know, I've heard it, you know, and, we, and we've all done this, but we've been on trips and, and we get on the two-lane highway, Brother Terry, and, and we're headed down through there and we're doing real good. We're making real good time. And all at once, here comes that city limit sign. And, and you just get out of that one and, and you go a few miles and here comes another one. And, and after a while, you, 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 you start being frustrated in your mind and said, if it just wasn't for these little cities, amen, I, I could really make some time. It'd be, I'd been better off if I'd have just took the interstate. I'd, I'd have been better off to just take the freeway or, or the around the city thing. I'd, I'd, I'd just been better off. It'd, it'd, it'd have gained me time if I would have just done it. Amen. Another thing it does is make you careful and pay attention to your surroundings or pay the price. Because if you're not watching... There'll be a city policeman that is watching you. He's, he's got his gun on you as you pass and the radar's on you. And he'll slow you down if you don't slow down. Amen. It's not good to try to beat the stoplight, you know, just to make a few minutes, you know. We'll, we'll catch it on the yellow and, 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 and about the midways we say it's time to make a decision and down goes the foot and we sweep on through hoping he's not watching. You ever been caught by one of those? Say, I've, yeah, I've been there. I've, I've, I've took that light, that yellow, just a little bit too late. But I was going too fast to slow down, so I went on through it. And directly there was some red and blue lights behind me. I pulled over. I done knew what it was up to, and I beat him out of the car and run back to his car. You know, hey, I was pastor at that time. My mama was in the hospital. We was going through a lot. I'd just come from a mama that was dying with cancer. Amen. And I, I, I introduced myself to him. Nice man. And he said, I hope I didn't make your day any worse. He said, I just know she cut that light a little short. And I said, yes, sir, I did. And I'm so sorry. I said, I had mama on my mind. I should have had it on my driving. Come on, church. We get our mind on things in this world and if we're not careful we've run through the light come on the Lord's saying slow down and breathe a little while and we're saying I need to hurry up I need to rush on through this and we've become in such a rush that we can no longer get, the, get in the feeling of even feeling sorry or having compassion or love for somebody and it, it scares me in this life that we're living in that we come through the church doors and there's no compassion for our Savior that died on the cross of Calvary for us. There's no time to worship. We need to hurry through this service. We got something to do afterwards. Come on. I've got a work to do. I've got somebody to see. I've got an appointment but I'm going to tell you church if we don't slow down and smell the roses we're going to go into eternity before our time hallelujah hallelujah this one thing in life 
that none of us want to slow down. You know, and that is working of our Savior. That's one thing that we don't want to stand in the way of. We don't want to stand in the way of, of the work of the Savior. But I want you to know that we do that very thing many times. But there's none of us that want to admit that. We really do limit our God. And I, I've been broken about it all week in my mind. Different times in the night hours, the morning hours. I've been thinking how, how I've limited God, how I've really shut down the working and the miracles of God by not even believing that He is able to do things. Oh, none of you's there, huh? You've never been there. Yes, you have. I'm going to tell you, we've all been there that we think that our problems is beyond God. But I want to tell you, the greatest place, the comfortable place for the Lord is when we become in a place that there is not a possibility of anything working out in our life. And God said, that's the place I like. I like it when you can't do anything with where you're at because now you'll turn it over to me after you've tried everything and everybody else. Then think of me because the very person that you overlook, I can do what you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our key verse this morning, verse 41, the Bible said they turned back. I don't know how you take that, but in, in, my, in my thinking when it said he turned back, that they turned their heads back toward Egypt. Come on. The very thing that God led them out of. Brother Cox, and they had, they had seen miracle after miracle that the Lord had done for them. Come on. They had got to the place of entering into the promised land, and here they are looking back. <laughs> Not remembering one time the, the, all of the miracles, Brother Terry, that they had seen and that the Lord had done for them, had brought water out of the rock, had rolled back the Red Sea, and they'd walked through on dry ground. Oh, of all of the things bitter waters and a tree was put in the waters and the waters was made sweet. The plagues in Egypt and all of those things that God had delivered them through yet they forgot the Lord and they turned their back on him and the Bible said they limited the Holy One of Israel. Glory. They limited him. The word limiting there in the Hebrew means to grieve God. Or to, and I began, I, this, this really hurt when I, when I found out what it was really talking about. It said to scrape to pieces. Can you think of scraping the Holy One to pieces? Grinding Him, so to speak? Oh, glory. Or to set a mark upon the Savior? That means to set a mark. Or to leave a definite imprint. Come on. We never think of the times that we have made an impression upon God that's going to stay there a while. Come on. It's, yeah, we, we talk about, you know, engraving this word on the palm of our hand that we won't forget it. But how many times have we put a mark on God saying, I don't believe he can do it. Where I'm at, he can't bring me out. There's nobody that can do anything for me. I want you to know this God that I serve can do it. He'll go past where you're at and he'll bring you through a trial and a trouble. Oh, 
Glory. Somebody say limiting. Glory. To scrape to pieces, to mark, to leave a definite imprint. I can't imagine doing this against the Holy One. Yet we all have. In fact, I believe. And I I, I sat at my desk and I, 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 I thought in my mind, should I write this down or should I not? But I did. I thought, in fact, I believe that it is more prevalent in our day today than it ever has been before that we have put a mark or an impression upon God and we are limiting him more now probably than we ever have before. Say, Bishop, what are you talking about? I'm talking about I know that because we come into his presence and we don't act like we're in his presence. Come on. <laughs> we kneel down and pray. And it's prayer, Brother Terry. But we don't even remember who we're praying to. We, we, we fail to recognize the power of prayer. We, we fail to recognize the power of the one we're praying to. That all of these things that are about us, all the trials and all the tests and all the sickness we're going through, that he is well able to heal, to deliver us out of all of them. Hallelujah. 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 In this chapter we have read today part of it we find the Israelites and I, and I hate to put us here but I got to put us here before I can bring us out amen we find the Israelites almost dictating to God how things were going to be come on now stay with me it was almost like you like this not thy will but mine be done Oh, Bishop, I never pray like that. I'm telling you, you may not have prayed those words, but in connotation, the way you was praying, you was praying it. The Lord, I've given you these limits to work within. I've given you a time that you can move. And if you don't move in those times, then forget you, Lord, because you're not going to listen anytime. How many times have, uh, have we said that the Lord, I am praying, but the Lord is not hearing my prayer. Come on now. Let's admit our wrong so we can make it right. How many times have we prayed, Lord? I'm not sure you've got your ear open that you can hear me. Lord, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying, Lord. Do you realize how desperate I am? Let me tell you, he knows your prayer even before you pray it. In fact, so much that even the word of God said in one place that he was answering before they even asked. In other words, the answer was already on the way before they prayed. And yet we're living in God and saying he's not able Glory. Hallelujah. We've even set dates and times for God to send the blessing. I know it's getting quiet. All right, I know how to preach during that too. All right. The demanded. We, we have even come to the place that we have demanded a blessing of the Lord. Come on. I'm, you notice I'm not pointing finger. I said we. I said we have demanded a blessing of the Lord. 
How many times have we knelt on our knees and we've cried out to God, said, Lord, it's been long enough. It's time for an answer. In other words, it's time for a blessing. Come on. I've been through this trial. I've been through this sickness long enough. It's time for an answer. It's time for a blessing. We're limited, God. Putting limits on him. He don't know where we're at. He don't know what kind of shape I'm in. Brother and sister, so-and-so tries to encourage, tries to strengthen. We walk away. They don't even got an idea where I'm at. And that may be. But the one that we're all praying to, he knows. Come on. In fact, he knew before you ever said anything to me. Come on now. Hallelujah. He knew before you ever said anything to your other friends to have them to pray in conjunction with you that you could just gather together and pray and pray for this thing. Yet in your mind, you've already said that he's not hearing. His ears are closed. Come on. It's impossible for him to answer. Come on. This is what Israel was doing. Exodus 17 and 2 said, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses. Said, Give us water. Give us a blessing. Come on. Moses, give us a blessing. God isn't going to do it. He can't do it. You're the one that led us out of here. You led us to die without water, to be thirsty. Oh, hallelujah. What are you going to do, Moses? Give us a drink. Give us a blessing. Limiting God. Limiting the Holy One. How many times have we told God it's time for an answer? And many times it's in the trial and in the sickness that we say his ear is heavy that he cannot hear. His arm is shortened that it cannot save me. Maybe not in those words, but I don't believe he is, you know, I don't believe he's listening. Or maybe, you know, maybe I'm asking, how many times have we, how maybe I'm asking too much of God. I'm, I'm just asking too much of God. He's, he's, you know, how can you ask too much of God? Yet we have said it. We have believed it in our heart. How many, how, oh God, you can't do this. I, I, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm asking too much of you. No, I'm not asking too much for the Lord. Come on. He deals in possibilities. That's his place. That's where he likes it. When he gets us in that place that nothing is, nothing is possible with us, then all things are possible with, through him. Come on. When I can't do nothing about it, he can do everything about it. When it becomes a problem beyond me, then it's God's problem. Somebody say, liberty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, glory. I don't believe he's listening. I'm asking maybe too much. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we're limiting God. Yet Jeremiah 32, verse 27, said, behold, I am the Lord. The God of all flesh. Come on. You understand? The God of all flesh. In other words, I made you. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be here. And you think I can't take care of your problem? 
Come on, I, I, I made you. I, I created you. I took, I took a ball of clay, and, and I'm going to tell you, this wasn't marred in the potter's hands, honey. When he made you, he didn't make a mistake. Come on, I'm sorry, but I believe there's some people in here this morning that believes you're a mistake, that I, I just shouldn't ever been born to, because everything that I've gone to do, it seems like I have failed in. Come on now. The lowest esteem, come on, that beat yourself to death all the time and say, I'll never be worthy. I'll never be the Christian that I was meant to be. I'll never be able to witness to anybody, but I want to tell you, I don't care how lowly and where you're at, I want you to know that you can witness for Jesus. Even a sinner that's once known God can be a witness in this world. Hallelujah. I've got daughters in this sinful state that are still witnessing for God because they know how it really is. Come on. And I don't care where your children or where your friends or where your loved ones have failed to. I want you to know that they still know what God can do. There's not a person in here this morning that's sitting under the sound of my voice that hadn't had a place in the Lord that they know what God can do and what He's capable of. And I often pray in my prayer. And I pray and I say, Lord, I thank you for what you have done. But God, what I want to see is what you can do. I don't believe we've ever scratched the surface, church, of what God can really do. Ah, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Come on, church. I'm glad for what he's done. Somebody needs to praise him. We need to worship him. We need to thank him for what he's done. But we need to remember that he's not done what he can do. We have not even oh, scratched the surface of what our God can really do in our lives. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now in Isaiah 59 and 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. You're talking about a God that never gets in a deep sleep to where he don't hear you whisper. Glory. Elijah, Elisha, I believe it was Elijah. No, it was Elijah, wasn't it? That run, yeah. He went to Mount Horeb. An angel fed him and strengthened him with a cake and a cruise of water. The Bible said they carried him for 40 days and 40 nights and he went and hid in a cave. And the thunder come and the lightning come and all the noise come. But God was not any of it, in any of it. But when that still small voice that Elijah thought he was hiding from, that was no place around, he went to a desolate place. Horeb is called a desolate place. If you look it up, that's what it means. It's a desolate place. 
He went to the place of desolation and thinking I'm here alone and I'll, I'll sit down and I'll have me a pity party. But after the earthquake and all of that and the wind and, the, and, and all of that, Brother Terry, there was a still small voice that said, Elijah. And it made Elijah come out of the cave. You know what? It wasn't all the noise, but it was the whisper of that still small voice because it made him tremble. We are so used to feeling the presence of God that we don't even entertain His presence anymore. Worship has become a past tense thing. Yeah, we clap our hands. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And we do all that, but we're, 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 we're very careful how we praise the Lord because, you know, I wouldn't want to get out of the way, Brother Cox. My goodness, I, I, I wouldn't want to jump up on a pew or anything like that. It might scare somebody, and they may never come back. Lord, help us to walk the pews like we used to. You know, hey, well, how come you've done that, Bishop? It was because the Spirit of God was on us, and before we even thought, we was on the pew. Hallelujah, because you know why? We had to get a little nearer the Lord. Come on, Brother Terry. You remember those times you had to get just a little nearer to God, and so you had to get on the pew to worship a little bit? Come on. Hallelujah. We forgot all about that. We forgot about the presence of God that came with that worship. And we have limited God. Because our worship is limiting Him. Because He entertains worship. He's going to be worshiped. <laughs> oh, glory. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We judge his omnipotence that he can be with you tomorrow. Brother Terry, even while you're out on the road hundreds of miles away, that he can still look back on little old me and he can take care of my problem and your problem and we're 100 miles apart. We forget that God is everywhere. No matter where you go, I don't care if it's the lowest place in hell. Come on. I don't care where it's at. I've heard people talk about being in the bar and God found them there. Come on. Hallelujah. They began to be a testimony even in the bar because somebody began to talk about mama's salvation. You know, and they say, hey, don't downplay mama's salvation. I want My mama was one of them. Come on, she was apostolic, honey. Let me tell you, it's real. Oh, glory. I'm glad that I, I got a grandson. Amen. I, I, and more than one, but I, I, I'm thankful that it was just brought to his attention. And we began to talk about mom, I believe, back in the other day, back here at his uh, little birthday party. And... And, and Alex, and we began to talk about mom and, and, and uh, how she was. And, you know, she, she worshipped. She was a worshiper. She never come to the house of God for anything but to worship and to get something. You know, or to help you, to gain something for you, to help you, to pray for you, to pray you through the Holy Ghost, to, to make sure you was all right. That's why Mama come and make sure she was all right with God. She came to worship the Lord. And he said, yeah, Papa. He said, I heard Mama prayed for everything. I said, she did. She prayed for the furnace. She prayed for the stove. She prayed for the car. She prayed for the refrigerator. Anything that stopped, Mama prayed and brought it back to life. Was it mama? No, it was the God she served. You know why? She didn't limit God. Even in the, come on, on her deathbed in cancer, mama did not limit God. She still spoke witnesses to the nurses that came and took care of her. 
The nurses would leave of the morning. They told us, they said, it was almost like we had a little wrestling match. Not really, but kind of a little match of who was going to go and take care of Sister McGee today. Because when we left there, we felt better than we did before. Even though in her lowly state of cancer and it was about to take her life, she still witnessed to God. You know what? God's still real. Even though I'm on this bed, God is still real. I know he can heal me if he desires right now. She did not live at God. Yet we are. The limits. I'm in the city limits. I got to be sensitive. Come on, church. I'm in God's city limits right now. When you come in this church house door, you're in the city limits of Jerusalem. Come on. It's a new Jerusalem. Come on. Heaven is here. Come on. Heaven and earth connects here. You got to be sensitive to the needs around you. When I come in here, I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. Come on. I am to hold you up. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care where in life you are. Come on. I'm to lift you up. Because you matter. You matter. Oh, I'm trying to hurry, y'all. I'm not doing a good job of it. I know it. Our feelings is this. Is I'm not up to worshiping him this morning. My troubles are greater than his power. And my woes are more terrible than his might. Boy, it's getting quiet. If that wasn't the truth, you'd all be up shouting. But you sitting there, you're saying amen. Come on. I've been there, you've been there, we've all been there. Our woes is more than God can take care of. You know, you know where I'm at, Lord. I'm, I'm in this place, God, that I'm just so lowly that I can't encourage nobody. And the Lord said, yes, you can. I don't care if you're in the deepest valley. You can encourage somebody. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see the look. Come on, I, I see the look. But how many times have we come in with that very attitude on our mind? That I'm going in, I'm going to church, but I'm not going to be moved this morning. I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going to say on the pew, and I'm going to, I'm going to fulfill my obligation. But I can't worship today. I'm not able. Come on. Oh, yeah. Limiting God. Come on. When the Lord is saying, Come on in here. I can take care of that. You, you just come on. Hey, would you just lift your hand up a little bit? If, if you just lift it up a little bit, I believe I can do something. In fact, if you just reach up and try to touch me, I believe I can take care of your problem. And you'll leave here a different person. Come on. How, yeah, you say, no, I'm not. Yeah, you have. You've been there. Some of you there this morning. Come on. Hallelujah, that, that all it takes to get you out of your fix is just to lift, maybe even stand up and say, okay, God, I'm feeling better. Ha, I'm going to jump a little bit, Lord. Ha, yeah, this morning I'm going to worship you. I'm not going to sit on my seat. I'm not going to let Satan take control of my miracle, of my condition. I'm going to get my deliverance today. Yes, 
I'm, I'm reaching for you, Lord. I know you can do it. You're beyond, Lord, but I can reach and grab hold of victory. A stirring of my mind this week. I want you to know that we cannot exceed the boundlessness of His grace. I said we cannot exceed the boundlessness of His grace. Second Corinthians 12 and 9. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Not in strength. Not in how you feel. But in how you don't feel. My strength comes alive when you say that I'm going to use the last little bit of strength I got to get what I need. Just like the little woman with the issue of blood, Sister Cox. That she said, I got I to gotta just press my way in. It's the last bit of the energy I've got. I don't have any money left. I've spent all of it on the doctors and everything I, I've ever had is gone. But I've got one more chance of getting a victory. And I'm going to press my way through this crowd. And I'm going to get my victory. Come on. If some of us this morning in here would get this on our mind today and say in the circumstances that I'm in, I'm going to work my way through the circumstances and I'm going to touch his garment. I'm going to touch Jesus in my sickness. I'm going to touch him in my trial. I'm going to touch him in my heartache. I'm going to touch him this morning for my need. Glory. Limiting God. Limiting the Holy One. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say it's enough. We need to just tell the devil that. It's enough. Come on, somebody say it. Let's, let's say it together. It's enough. I believe he heard that. Come on, we need to tell him that. It's enough. I'm tired of your ways. I'm tired of your lies. You tell me he's not able, but he's well able. In fact, there's nothing impossible with him. He can take a job situation and turn it around for your good. He can take a position in life that you're in that seems like it's a, a position where nobody can find you, nobody can help you. But the Lord said, I can do it. It's not impossible with me. Remember, I made you. I can do it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalms 78 and 42 said, They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Church, we like the Israelites have put God in a box.
It's been way some time back. I can't. To be truthful with you, I don't even remember what, the, what his message was that the pastor ministered to us. And God spoke to me while he was ministering. And I sat down and began to write. The Lord spoke to me and he said, we have labeled people too long and we put them in boxes. We put them in boxes and put labels on them. And I just, I, I just, just a few of them that I thought about was, because some of them could take up quite a few things. This failure could take up a lot of different avenues. But, but the Lord spoke to me and said, we need to let them out of the boxes. Lori, how many times have we labeled somebody? Come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Matthew 13, 58, and he would not... Many mighty works, and he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief, limiting, limiting God. And we do people just like we do God. We place them in a box and we put a label on them like failure, hypocrite. Oh, bless God, Mr. and Mrs. Goody Tushy. Holier than that. I said, we, come on church, we've already got them pegged before they ever get a chance to pray at an altar. And they're probably not going to feel any drawn to the altar because of our stinking attitude that we've already labeled them and we've put them in a box. Their family's like this and they must be too. No, no, no. God can change them. Miracles still happen. God still does things in our midst. They're not a failure. They're not a hypocrite. They're not a goody two-shoe. Oh. That's just to mention a few. But we need to open the boxes. We need to reveal the great gifts and the miracles that are inside. It's time for us, church, to get rid of our boxes and get rid of our labels. You have no idea what God could do, what's in these boxes that we have bound up and closed. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Can I tell you something? There's something bound up in these boxes. I'm wondering this morning, why don't we let worship out of the box? Why don't we let worship out of the box? We've had that bound up long enough. We've had that labeled long enough that it, he's not able. Well, there's nothing going to happen here. It's been a while since we've, you know, baptized somebody in Jesus' name. It's been a little while since anybody's been filled with the Holy Ghost. It's just not going to happen. Come on. We have boxed up our worship. It's, it's, it's not that it can't happen. We've disbelieved in how, how what God's power really is and who he is. If we hadn't really forgot who he was, we'd still be worshiping this morning. It wouldn't take the song, but it'd take the word. I'm going to go way back after a while, y'all. God just took me back last night. and I, I'm going to share it with you. 
After a while, not right now, after a while. Why don't we let worship out of the box? Because my grace is sufficient. You can worship. You can get your answer this morning. You that don't have the Holy Ghost, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, but we ain't had altar call. Don't have to have. Glory. In the middle of church. I remember Sister Nancy Peterson, I believe it was on the fourth pew. While the preaching was going on. Come on now. Come on, church. While the preaching is going, hey, it's supposed to have an altar call to do that. Come on. We're doing the Lord just like they've done him on the Sabbath day. Hey, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day. Come on, that's not supposed to happen. Not a, you're not supposed to do that. This is a day of rest. No, sir, I'm going to let somebody worship today. Come on, even on the Sabbath day, we're to worship. Even on the Sabbath day, we're supposed to do something for God. Come on, we're not to shut down office and close up shop on Sabbath day. We open it up for miracles. It's a day of the Lord. It's a day for him to do something. Glory. Somebody say it's enough. Luke 6, 38, give. Everybody said, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosoms, for with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you. Everybody said again. Somebody say double portion. Come on, he said, I'm going to give you the first, but after that, I'm going to give you a double portion. There's something come to you that you have not witnessed yet. Come on, church. Ah, because of your worship, I've given it in the former rain, but you have not seen the latter rain. I'm about to do it again. What you've seen in the early part, I'm fixing to do it again. I'm going to measure you a double portion of my blessing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I wonder what had happened. We really started worshiping like we used to. I wonder what had really happened. We have set perimeters on God and will not allow Him to work outside of them. You can do this, Lord. You can have this in my life, but you can't have that. I'll go this far with you, God, but I can't go. You know what? That's our problem. We won't go the rest of the way with God. I'm not. Come on, God. I'm going to bust out of my little box this morning. I'm going to worship. I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I want you. I want you. I want you all to think, and I want you to grab a hold of this this morning. She's not here. I wish she were. A few, a few weeks back, whenever I preached last time, I don't know when it was. It wasn't because I was preaching, but it was just because it just happened to be the time for that person, I guess. She was there, and, and, and she's been coming here. Kayla's been coming some. Y'all remember her, and some of you used to haul her on Sunday school bus when she was just a kid and brought her to Sunday school. We used to bring two church vans full to the middle church. She happened to be one of those kids that wasn't grown up yet, and she's grown up now, got a baby of her own.
And she was here one night sitting back here. About the third pew, I believe. And after church that night, the Spirit of God was moving in this place. Jesse got up and just give a real testimony and what God had done and was doing through her and, and the enemies attacking her. We need to pray for her. Come on. Hallelujah. But at the end of that service, Kayla come up to me and she said, you made me have goosebumps tonight. I said, no, that wasn't me, honey. She said, I, I took my little wrap and I wrapped it around. I said, did they leave? I said, she said, no, they didn't leave. I said, them's God. That wasn't me. Honey, I'm telling you, God put goosebumps on your goosebumps. She said, man, I felt that. She's probably forgot how it felt as a kid. But I'm going to tell you, God brought it back to her remembrance that night sitting on the pew that he's still real. <laughs> Let me tell you, some of you that haven't felt that for a while, if you just break out of your little box of worship and say, today I'm going to worship him. It's hard telling what had happened in this house. There'd be miracles, signs, and wonders right in our midst even this morning on a Sunday morning service. We tie God's hands and said it can't happen on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. But God said the most impossible time. I can do it. When it's beyond you, it's not beyond me. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Notice what God chose. Psalm 78, 68, but, Jah, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion which he loved. The Lord said, if the rest of you is not going to praise me, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take back Judah. I'm going to take back worship. I'm going to take back praise. You know what? He's saying, I wish you'd let me out of these perimeters and let me bless you. I wish you'd just move out of my way and let me do for you what I want to do for you. I wish you'd just quit trying to tie my hands and keep me from doing what I really, I want to make really something out of you. I want to make you greater than you ever thought you could be. I want to make you a child of God that you have never been before and you have never thought you could be. I want to make you that. If you just quit limiting. I'm, 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 I'm trying to close. God said, I'm going to choose the praise. That's what I'm choosing. You can limit me all you want to, but I'm going to choose worship. I'm going to choose somebody that lift their hands and say, God, you're able. There's no way out of this, Lord, but you're able. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, we are too prone to engrave our trials in marble. And write our blessings in the sand. Yeah, let me say it again. So Charles Spurgeon said, "We are too prone to engrave our trials in the marble and write our blessings in the sand." All week this week, I've had three really early mornings. Usually, when I get up that way. Two or three o'clock in the morning, somewhere around three usually. It, I'm sorry, but usually it is. But Sister McGee will say the next morning, say, well, what was you doing now? Was you praying? Was you studying? What was you doing? I didn't sleep the rest of the night. Well, lo and behold, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just witnessing now. I'm going to tell you how God spoke to me. The we are's this morning. In fact, 
I didn't know what time it was until we've got a little clock in our living room. My daughter, Paula, was manager of Hallmark, and it's a little Hallmark clock, and it, it does a little, I don't know, little song, and then it chimes the time. Well, I didn't, I didn't get up and look at the clock because it was my time of the morning, and I recognized the song. And I guess it must be my favorite little song because I, when I heard that, I knew it was 3 o'clock. It says, twinkle, twinkle, little star. I thought, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. See, may I remind you that sometime, somewhere between 2 and 3 this morning, I was awakened out of my sleep. I never dream. I never dream. Oh, glory. I wakened out of my sleep. And there was tears wetting my cheeks, Brother Terry. My body was jerking. You know how it is when you felt waves of glory that's coming over you and all of that you feel the wave. Shake and then it kind of calms down and then it comes back. Man, I was a jerking. I was a jerking. Like those waves of glory coming over me. And then the Lord took me back and I began to reminisce, Brother Freddie, our worship in a dream. He began to take me back the years of marching around the church building. Hallelujah. Glory Jesus. He took me back to the first church, Brother Terry. When a man, a brother in our church, I knew him ever since I was a child. I think him and I got baptized at the same time. He was older than I, but he was... He was sitting on our church pews. and You've got to understand, when, when I became pastor in 1990, I'd helped the church 16 months, but during those times, and when I first went to minister there, the church had dwindled. The pastor was sick, wasn't able really to preach, and they, was, they had dwindled down in one service on Sunday on services. The only time they had service was on Sunday night. When I, I remember Sister McGee could be my witness, it was almost, it was almost quiet enough. In fact, it's about as quiet as it is in here this morning that you could hear the pen drop on a carpet. It was quiet. But that night I began, I began to minister, and the power of God fell in that little place. When if you got sixty people in there, you was, you was like sardines crammed up in there. There was, you know, if you worshipped, it was up and down. There was no place to go. But we worshipped anyway, even in, even in the midst of that. And I remember this gentleman, while I was preaching, in fact, it shocked me so much that it stopped me real quick. He got up out of his seat, and he began to walk around this seat, and he walked right around in front of the uh, pulpit, and he looked at me, and he said, I just got to take a walk. 
little resurrection myself. I've never ever seen this man do this before. Were you saying, Bishop, God's showing me in a dream if we could just break out of our little box what he would move on those that had never moved before. He'd, he'd save those that had never come to an altar before. God saying, come out of your box. Come out of your comfort zone. I want you to worship me. I want you to do something you've never done before. Lord. Oh. Glory. Hallelujah. I remember the worshiping going on and the preaching as same as it was in the singing. You couldn't tell when it changed. Come on. Brother, Brother Freddie, you remember those days. You didn't know when it changed because the worship was the same. It didn't matter if we just shouted the glory down and singing when the, everybody, when the preacher got up, Pastor, come on. We're worshiping you. We're behind you. We're going to see our miracle. We're going to see God do something in this little church. We are going to grow. We're going to bust out of this place. And we have seen him do it three times. We busted out of the second building into the third building. And here we are again. And we've settled in. Not that it hadn't happened here. It's, we were so excited. We worked day and night on this building so we could move in. We got to get out of our comfort zone. I got to bust open my box of worship. I got to quit calling them failures. They're God possibilities. They're not hypocrites. They're God possibilities. They're not goody two-shoes. They're God possibilities. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Ephesians 3.20. Lord, help me to finish my dream here. I'm trying, church. I'm trying. I remember in this church. I don't know when it was. It's, it don't really seem like it's been that long ago. But I remember pastor was up here and he was animated. I mean, God was moving on him in such a great way. That was a great move of God that night. Man, right back over that pole. Big old brother Daniel, the priest, come up out of there. And man, he took off running around this building. And he wasn't the only one, I don't think, that night. You know what? You know, some people began to follow let me tell you, that's the way it used to be. There was never, ever one person that took a march around this church. Come on. I remember in first church, second church, and even in this church where it was never one person. Before you know it, the church was in a march around the church. You know why? We was going to have our Jericho brought down. We're going to win our battle. Come on. This enemy that's before us is going to fall at our feet, and we're going to receive our victory. We're going to receive our miracle. We're going to receive healing even today. I remember the prayer lines even before church started or right at the beginning. Come on, we'd have prayer for people that had come and they feel devastated and they couldn't worship. I'm telling you, church, after we got through, we'd have church. 
Maybe we need to start with prayer. We'll lay hands on everybody. We'll pray for them first. Come on. If you're not going to hit the prayer room, then I want to lay hands on you and pray for you. You need a move of God in your... You need a move of God in your life. I'm stirred this morning. Just a few weeks back, Another one of those times, I can't, I can't even tell you what was happening. I don't remember. I was preaching. Shouldn't make any difference anyhow, so I'm, I'm not even going to worry about it. Almost missed Brother Jerry and Sister Burr's in here. They're not. It's all right. They'll hear. If you'll remember, Danielle will remember this. It was them that began to lead us in worship for the front. So on Friday night youth service, it was started. You remember that? It was you all that began to lead the worship. We sat on our seats and first thing you know, the younger people's up here doing it. And after a while, us that felt like we was left out went up and got behind them. And now it's kind of dwindled away and nobody wants to get up there no more feel like, well, it's just me. It's all right. Just go ahead and break out of your box. If you break out of your box, it'll flow. Come on. So Sheila's, she's standing, she's got pretty good at this. I love it. She's, you know, she's one of the youth. So she gets up here. And all at once I heard that. I can't scream like she can. And the first thing I know that having herself a little hollow over here in the corner. Come on. Let me tell you, church, that thing does catch on. But we have got to the place that nobody will do it. Nobody will break out of their box to worship. We're afraid of whatever. Let me tell you, people that come through these doors for the church time, they have heard about us. They've heard about our worship. Why would you want to hide something that God wants to break forth in? This is all my dream. The Lord's bringing these things to my mind. I don't know where Sister McGee felt that or not, but man, I'm laying over there. Every now and then, it's like, I was on my side. I was trying not to bother her. I tried my best. She had a bad night. She was having a, she was sick. And she got, she was sitting on the side of the bed, and I said, what's wrong, honey? I might have been after I come back to bed or four. I don't know. Night was short. I can't tell you. I know one thing. She sat on that side of the bed, and I felt, you know, we may be just in this mobile home, but I'm telling you, I feel the presence of God. So I just stretched over and started rubbing her back, laid my hands on her, and I began to rebuke that devil, rebuke that pain, rebuke that sickness. Guess what? She went back to sleep. In fact, any other time she'd say, every time you get up, it wakes me up. But she knew something was going on. I was, I was, I was rolling. I was tumbling. I was, she said, honey, if you need to get up, you can. Thank you, Jesus. So I went to my office and I began to holler. 
this dream was coming alive, see? I had to get me to some paper so I could begin, because I was afraid to leave. I didn't want it to leave, so I began to write it down. Oh, glory. So the youth started the worship. I'm, I'm about to close. A few more things go through here. Lord was really moving one night. And I remember pastor, and I don't know where he, I don't know where he, rolled, he might have, I don't know. He might have rolled off of that pulpit, off of that platform, and he began to roll, and he was rolling. He was a true holy roller. He was rolling between the pulpit, or between the pews and the altar. And I mean this church like to broke to pieces. You know why? Because somebody broke out of their box of worship and said, I'm not going to be bound by for the traditions of men anymore. I'm going to let it happen. I'm in your presence. I've got the right, and you deserve it. I'm going to do it. And even later than that. In fact, it might have been as early as, you know, as you get older. I don't know, it seems like your long-term memory is great, but your short-term, I can't remember what happened five minutes ago. But my dear little old sweet wife, a few weeks ago, maybe just, I'm not sure. It, it's been really, not very long ago. It was on Sunday night. Next thing I know, here she goes. If I ain't mistaken, there was a sister Margaret following her. I'm not, I'm not sure. But I remember she, they, were, they was close together in the same night, I'm sure. Come on, church. You know what? Why should it be just any one person that breaks out of worship? Why in the world can't we all do it at once? <laughs> I wonder what God would really do if we really all at the same time got in the mode of worship and said, we're going to do it tonight. I'm not sitting on my pew, honey. They could take this pew and move it to the back because I'm having a time tonight. I'm going to have myself a worship. I'm not going to be a goody two-shoe. Come on. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to be a failure. I'm just going to let it all go for the glory of God. I am getting my need today. I tell you, Sister McGee probably didn't feel like she was probably hurting so bad she couldn't hardly walk, but she done it. Oh yeah, I'm, I know. I, you're taking up too much time, Bishop. Used to, no one would have been allowed to march alone. I said, used to, no one would have been allowed to march alone. That would have been a sin. Everybody got up and worshipped. There wasn't no, there was hardly anybody on the pews unless somebody had just come in lately and you know, they hadn't been around, but all the people been here, they was feeling what was going on, and they got up, and maybe they, I can remember when it was almost hard to get in line. There was too many. Say it again, sister. Amen? You remember those days, church? Man, I'm telling you, it's been a while since I've seen a march like that you couldn't hardly get into I'm looking, I'm, 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 I'm expecting it. Watch out tonight or even today or later. Or tell what's going to happen, y'all. Hallelujah. Oh. 
Then my mind was carried to Scripture about the triumphal entry, and you just talked about it, the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. In Luke 19, I'm just giving you a, just a place so you know. Luke 19, 37 through 40. And let me put it in my own words. Well, it'll take, won't take me as long, maybe. He said, them old Pharisees saying, why don't you make your disciples shut up? Would you quieten them down? Come on, would you just, would you just shut them up? Is this all just ne- is this necessary? Why do we have to have all this noise? But he said, you know what? If they hold their peace, the rocks are going to cry out because I'm going to receive my worship. I'm going to receive my praise. Let me tell you, if you don't praise him, he'll move out of this church into one that will. I don't know about you, but I just kind of like to be labeled like, I'm telling you, those apostolics over there, pastor just a few weeks ago took us back to, to the second church when Brother Elkins wrote a little letter about us, you know, put it in his paper at his home church and how he'd come down, never been there. He said it was like a home mission church. But he said, I could hear it happening on the inside. And he said, oh, when I walked in the door. Come on, this church was known for its worship. And here we are this morning. What are we known for today? Brother Sizemore here just, just happened not long ago. My pastor. He brought it up. Pastor McGee, he said, Sister Sizemore and I, since we've been out on the road evangelizing, since we left the pastorate in, in Florida, we've been to many churches. He said, but when it comes to worship and the Spirit of God moving, we have never been to any place better than this in fact this probably exceeds them all if we can do that when brother Sizemore's here we ought to do that when he isn't here we have got great ministers in this church I have walked into pulpit after pulpit while I was pastoring in other churches and ministered in their pulpits and minister after minister, pastor after pastor have told me, Brother McGee, you have got the greatest ministers in your church. He said, you all are blessed. And many of those, Brother Freddie, has been in our midst and they have preached in this pulpit, our pulpits, in the past three buildings. And many have told me, that we like coming to your church because we always get refreshed because it's a refreshing time of worship. When you preach, they respond. What happened to that church? 
If we can do it when the evangelist, when the out-of-town pastor comes through and ministers, why can't we do that continually? It ought to be a, con- hey, it used to be a continual thing. It didn't matter who was behind the pulpit. It did not matter. It did not matter. It did not matter. We was going to worship no matter. You know why? We had prayed before. We had prayed during. We had, come on, we had worshiped during the songs and we continued to worship while the message was going forth. I close. My dream closed. And the Lord began to speak to me and said, It's time to break worship out of the box. It's settled in that place and you've kept me locked up. You've limited me long enough. It's time for you to no longer limit me, but let me have my way. Well, God, we're going to do it like this. He said, no, sir, I want you to do it like this. And if you don't do it according to my law, then it's not going to be done. But if you'll let me handle it, I'll take care of your impossibilities. I'll take care of, come on, those dreams that you can't make come true. I can make them come true. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm closing. Oh, yeah. I need some worshipers. I need some worshipers. Oh, Jesus. Would you stand as Pastor comes? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.